This morning, we welcome you to Defeating the Giant series. This morning, our title is, shh, everyone say, shh. There's a victory in progress. Someone say, there's a victory in progress. Last week, we talked about the great Caleb, and people often ask me, do you have a favorite sermon? No. I don't think any sermons are better than others that you preach or I preach. What is alive is what's happening in the moment. I don't have worship services that are favorites to me. When I'm in a worship service, that's my favorite. Can I get an amen? People say, what's your favorite worship song? I said, whatever we're singing right now, because all we have is this moment. Amen? And we want to be alive in it. So today, we are going to talk about another giant killer. Last week was Caleb. Caleb was partners with Joshua. They were the two spies that went in and saw the land and saw that they could take it. They did not see themselves as grasshoppers. Joshua comes up to bat in my message today because he did not believe the distortion of the fake mirrors, but he believed what God said about him. Joshua, you are a giant killer. You're not a grasshopper. And so today, Joshua is going to lead us into a famous area that you probably learned when you were a little child. Joshua fought the battle at You listened in Sunday school. Give yourself a hand. If you're listening by podcast, they were a great choir if you couldn't hear them. But we're going to follow him. So shh, there's a victory in progress. It means don't let your mouth mess it up. Amen. There's a victory in progress. Speaking out of Joshua 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up. Someone say shut up. Because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I want you to say that, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men. You shall march. You're expecting God to say something else. Around the city. You shall go around the city once. Then you shall do this for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city. How many times? Seven. And the priest will blow their trumpet. I wish I had a trumpet. I, I almost asked Phil Driscoll. Can you fly in here this morning to blow your trumpet? And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with a horn, you'll hear the sound of the trumpet. Then all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the walls of the city will fall down flat. And you are not supposed to speak the entire time you're circling. Look at your neighbor and say, that was the first miracle. Come on. How many love that miracle? Just don't speak to me for six days, my people. Come on. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Exodus 15 and 3. For the Lord your God is he. Someone say he. Who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you a victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit. Jesus, this is your church. Holy Spirit, this is your room. Speak into the ears and hearts of my brothers and sisters even what I do not say, do what only you can do. I'm depending on you, Spirit of God, in your breath and in your life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Everyone has a Jericho, a stubborn situation. Can I get an amen? A personal one, a physical one, a financial one, an emotional, a relationship, where the walls are built, and it seems pointless to try to go around it, 
You can't go over it, so you don't know what to do. They might appear, those Jericho walls, to be mightier than you, but they are not mightier than God. Can I get an amen? They are not higher than God. They are not stronger than God. One of God's names I love is El Elyon. It means the most high God. God is higher than any problem. God is higher than any situation. Jericho is not just a problem to be solved. It's a gift from God to you so he can show his greatness demonstrated in a situation that won't budge and won't move. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. It's in moments like that that you understand the supernatural thoughtfulness of God, that he is greater than you ever dreamed he could be. He's more merciful than you ever thought. He's more good than you ever knew. So that even if you are worse, can I get an amen? If you are worse than you thought you were about yourself, God is good all by himself. God is mightier than any problem, any Jericho wall in your life. Whatever promise God has made over your situation, you are not alone, Tanner, in that fight for victory. The Lord, someone say the Lord, is fighting with you and for you. I want to ask you this morning, you know the story, but we're going to still get there. What if they had stopped on the fifth time they circled? What if they had stopped on the third time? I see nothing changing. This is ridiculous. What if they had stopped after the sixth time they were circling it? They would not had the miracle they had, even when they saw no evidence of change. If you're waiting to see evidence of change, that you're doing the right thing in the right way, you better back up and rethink it because I'm going to tell you they saw no evidence for six days and the story would have ended without the victory. So keep circling those promises of God. Keep believing. Keep persevering. Take another lap around God's promises when your faith feels weak because there's a moment that God is going to say, my son, my daughter, it is time. Give forth a shout because Jericho is coming down. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a shout in this place. I love it that God always has sovereign surprises up his sovereign sleeves. Don't you love that? We think we haven't figured out it. And a measure of predictability, especially for us that like to control situations. I know no one in the room is like that. But for those of us that like to think we're in control and nothing's going to happen out of our control, God just says, you thought I was coming in the front door, I'm coming in the back door. You thought out that money was coming through your boss and it's going to come from a company that's owed you for 20 years. You thought this was going to happen or that was going to happen. I'm going to tell you, says the Lord, I am he and besides me there is no other. Let me work in the way I want to work. Let me surprise you. Stop dictating to me how I'm going to do. Evie Hill said, your arms are too short to box with God. We box with God. We try to tell him how to do it. And he says, you got saved by my grace alone. When you walked that aisle or you heard that message or whatever it was, I got you to me all by myself and I'll get you to your next place of destiny all by myself, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. 
What I love about Joshua is he is, he's like a, oh, like a thorn in our flesh because he was born in a family of slavery. He lived in Egypt. You just think if I'd had better parents, if I'd had a better environment. He was born in Egypt. He was raised seeing his parents beat by the taskmasters of Egypt. He lived in a situation where he saw his people raised in bondage, raised by taskmasters, raised watching people being beaten. The taskmasters would beat them. Even Moses saw them beating, and that's why Moses killed a couple of the Egyptians. All all he ever saw, do you hear me this morning? All he ever witnessed was slavery and bondage. But on that morning after the first Passover, when God said it's time to march out of the land, he didn't cry out, leave me in Egypt. He didn't cry out, leave me in addiction. He didn't cry out, leave me in anger. That's all he had ever known. He cried out with Moses, let my people go. And he marched out of Egypt by the Lord's glorious hands. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, give him a shout this morning. Very good. That's all he had. And then if that wasn't bad enough, like Caleb, Pastor Barb, he had to live in the wilderness. You say my environment is tough. I'm working with people that are doubt dealers. I'm around people that are always stealing my joy. They're saying things to me. Joshua went into the wilderness, not because of his failure, but because of the Israelites, just like Caleb. And he lived for 40 years while they grumbled and they complained, even though he said, we can, we're well able, we can take the land. He beat those odds too. And now he's standing at the precipice of a miracle. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me in this moment, there are some, you have survived the wilderness, says the Lord. You have survived slavery, says the Lord, and you are on the precipice, which means the edge, which was not in my message, of the breakthrough. Don't stop circling. Keep the giant killer mentality and keep saying, I can because God says I can. Come on, somebody. All he had ever known was that bondage. All he had ever seen was that bondage, but then he experienced the miracles. This house is built on miracles. It's built on the miracle of a man delivered from cocaine after years of addiction, after years of losing everything, including his wife, and then he and his wife were restored, which is Pastor Hank and I. This property is a miracle. We should never have gotten it. This church should have never started in Cleveland. In fact, other people said, when we start worship here and dancing, I've always danced to worship like this. In fact, I think I did even wilder when I was younger because I wore less added hair. Come on, somebody. Danced even crazier. And, uh, you know, people would say that crazy church because this city didn't have that. I want you to know this. 30 years ago, they didn't worship like this. There was great worship in lots of Church of God and Baptist and Methodist, but they didn't worship like this. Now there's churches that worship like this all over this county. But I can say to you in full confidence, there were great word of faith churches, my dear friend Mark Strickland. But besides that, there were not churches that worship like this. And people thought we were crazy. That church that you have to wear your tennis shoes to because they love to dance and worship. They don't know when to stop. People said an interdenominational church will never make it in a Church of God Baptist, Church of God of Prophecy City. But 32 years later, here we are still worshiping. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Here we still are. And the God of miracles 
Joshua came to the Jordan. I can't preach that, but I want to say it for this reason. One of the greatest miracles that's happened in this house, there's been so many, happened in 1995. We were in a conference in uh, Pigeon Forge, Pastor Barb, and was my, my, my partner in ministry at that time. And we were there, and at the close of a worship service, I just said, we're going to cross the Jordan together. And two women held their hands out. I think it was Sonia and Susan that started it. And women just came across the stage. At that time, our minister of minister was Pastor Scott Thomas, a dear, dear friend in a board of regents to me. And Cindy was pregnant. She was six months pregnant and so sick, so emaciated. Her skin was on her bones. She looked like walking death. They, she had one of those conditions because she could not tolerate pregnancy. And we thought we would lose that child. They got her to the conference. I don't remember how. I remember how weak. On Friday night, I had a word for her about the child in her womb. That was a great stretch of faith. But it was from the Lord. That morning during that Jordan, I think about 20 women got her weak self at one side of the stage. And I don't even know, some women crawled across the Jordan because they couldn't walk in the glory. But she walked as slow as she could, looking like walking death. But when she got to the end of the Jordan, we had prayed for months. We had prayed that she would live. God divinely touched her. She was not sick another day in her pregnancy. Come on, somebody. And I'm saying this to say to you because this picture shows their family today. It shows that son Caleb with a man bun on his head. He's a Puerto Rican guy. He's a Green Corian. I can't think how they say that. But there he is. And the baby he's holding, that's his baby. I'm just saying to you, they lost two other babies. But this baby came. After every sorrow, there is always hope. After every heartbreak, there is always God saying, don't give up. Trust in me. I will do what I can do. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Miracles. Sometimes you just have to take a step. Look at your neighbor and say, take a step. So here they are and they get a glimpse of Jericho. It's awe-inspiring. It's frightening. Never seen anything like it. The skyline of Jericho, six feet wide. Um, the, the walls were so tall, three walls inside. In fact, when they excavated Jericho, they found in the walls babies' bones in jars where they had sacrificed children to foreign gods. They found all this. This was that wall. I don't know how you spelled Jericho this morning. I don't know what your Jericho is, but I know we all have them. What promise are you circling this morning? If you're sick, Jericho is spelled healing. If you're broken in your relationships, Jericho is spelled reconciliation. If you have a vision beyond your resources, it is spelled provision. Someone say amen. Jericho is what you might be believing God for. Maybe it's a property address. Jericho might be the name you're praying for. Jericho might be insecurity, heartbrokenness, grief where you've lost, illness. Cindy lost two children, but God brought a child that lived and remained healthy. Your Jericho might be struggling with others, struggling with yourself. How do you spell Jericho? What I know today, however you spell Jericho, God spells it V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. He says victory is yours. It's just a matter of time. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. God said, I have given you this land. Given, that's the tense of the verb. It's not past, it's not future. I've given it to you. The significance was the battle had already been won. And what God was saying, you're just going to keep 
making laps around your Jericho. You just keep going. Yet right before they start Jericho, those huge walls seem so big. But Jericho is not a problem that's attacking you. Jericho is something that's just in your way. It seems like you're saying to you, get rid of me if you can. It might be what you feel like is passed down from your parents. Jericho is something Joshua doesn't want to face on the way to his promised land. A Jericho impedes your progress. It might be your anger that you can't get a control of. Jericho might make your life more painful. It may make you live in frustration on a continual basis. But I've got good news. Someone say good news. The good news is God told Joshua and Joshua 1, everywhere you step your feet, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Every place. Don't misunderstand. You better factor in tomorrow's news and Tuesday's news and Wednesday's news. The good news, if God before you He is more than the world against you. Come on, somebody. Today, the good news, factor it in. Christ is for you. If you're brokenhearted, he says in his word, I will gather your tears in a bottle. I had one of those episodes of grief yesterday afternoon. It was terrible. I was dragging that ladder, my daddy's ladder, across the yard, and one of my elders called me, what's going on, Rhonda? What's going on, Pastor Rhonda? And I just let it loose. I said, I just can't stop crying. He said, that's okay. I said, I know it's okay because when the grief comes, he comes, and he has promised someday you'll stand before the Lord and you will see all the tears in his bottle. You won't be able to believe that every time you cried over whatever you have cried over, that God gathered them up to a bottle and said, your tears are precious to me. You may be weeping today, but I have good news for you. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You may be afflicted in your body, afflicted in your finances, but don't forget the Bible says the good news Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house. As Joshua approaches Jericho waiting for God to give him the strategy, every one of these giant killers have had a different strategy. We should not put God in a box. He may call you to shout. He may call someone else to cry. He may call you to sit still and somebody else may be running like they're full of Duracell battery juice. Come on, somebody. But God has a different strategy. Everyone say a different strategy. A different strategy. And all of a sudden he sees a big man with a sword drawn in front of him. And as that man is standing there with a sword drawn, Joshua says, who are you and whose side are you on? And he says, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. One of my scholarly friends told me yesterday because the angel was in the cloud. When the cloud disappeared when they were in the wilderness, the angel came out to be seen and said, I am here because the battle is the Lord. It's not whether you win or I win. It's whether the Lord wins. It's the Lord who will get the victory. It's not me against you. It's not this church against that church. It's not this thought against that thought. Republicans against Democrats. Liberals against conservatives. The battle belongs to the Lord. And the Lord is the one who will get the victory. Someone say hallelujah in this house. And he tells Joshua something. He says, take off your sandal. Now, everyone thinks that he's told him to take off his shoes. He didn't. He said, take off one. I've got a sandal in my purse, but I don't 
I don't need it. I brought it, but I forgot it. I got a sandal. He, what he said is, I want you to take off this shoe because I want you to know this morning that this shoe represents that every place you take your feet, it's what the Torah calls the law of the loose shoe. It's the one that Boaz and Ruth fought over. It's the one that Boaz redeemed. It was the kinsman redeemer. What God was saying is take off the one shoe and hold it up because that means I have already given this into your hand. I have redeemed what was irredeemable. I have turned around what will not be turned around. You think it's impossible, but I'm holding up a shoe to say today the feet of Jesus redeemed this earth. It is already yours. You've just got to claim it and shout it when God says it's time. Someone give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So what he was saying is, see, I have delivered Jericho. I have, not I might, not possibly. Didn't you hate it when your mom, you say, mommy, mommy, can we go to whatever? I used to tell Christine, I'm going to take you to Disney World, and I'd take you down to the Dollar General. There was a little one horse on a little thing, and she'd ride that around and around. She was only three, and she said, I love Whitney World. I said, I do too. It's right down from the street, and it cost a quarter. Come on, somebody. But sometimes we, we tell our, your mama said possibly. You hated that word, didn't you? I don't want to hear possible. We might, maybe. Well, you just thought, that's no. I already know you, mama. I know you, daddy. That's no. Someone say no. But God didn't say possibly. God didn't say if the wind is blowing in the right direction. He said, I have given you a victory. I have delivered it into your hands. You see the word see. Everyone say it. See. S-E-E, see, if you only knew what I knew, if you only saw what I saw, says the Lord to you this morning, if you knew that right now while you're sitting here, God is already working on your Jericho. Right now you're sitting here and God is already doing it. There might be someone in this room that's already pregnant and doesn't know it, but it is not me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But there's things that are going on that God is doing that you can't see He's working, but you've got to keep circling. I'm going to tell you something. You circled all the bad things in your life. You circled drugs when you needed them. You circled bad relationships, that old bad Billy Bob, that scallywag. Come on. You circled him. You circled her. You circled them. You circled them. It's time to circle what God says about your life and say, I'm going to stay taking another lap until God says it's done. Somebody praise him in this house. Woo! See, he says, I've already healed your diseases. See, he says, I've already conquered death. See, he says, I am able to deliver. See, he says, I am healing your marriage. See, he says, I am your provision and your provider. See, he says, I have already fought the battle and won your freedom. See, he says, I've already troubled your prodigal. You can't see it. You say, God, I'm seeing nothing. I'm seeing nothing. Nothing's happening. Nothing's working. Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening, God. Nothing. You're not bringing my son, my daughter where they should be. God says, you can't see what I am already doing. It is only a matter of time. See, I have already healed your brokenness and made you whole. God says to you this morning, see. I have already delivered it. It's just a matter of time till you see it. Somebody praise him this morning. And that unusual strategy, I can just see Pastor Tim Joshua, the great captain, the great warrior. I mean, he's just a giant killer. He's about 80 now, too. Here he is. And here he's just now getting to the promise of God. But at 14, you think you're never going to have a life. Come on, somebody. He's 80. 
and he sees this, and he got the strategy that they weren't supposed to talk. Why were they not supposed to talk? Because when they went in to spy out the land, they murmured, they complained, and they got sent to the wilderness. So this time, Joshua says, no one is going to say a word to each other. You're just going to march for seven days. You're not going to speak. You're not going to spread a contagiously bad report. I'm sure his soldiers, that were getting their swords ready. The battle ram, we're going to break down that wall. We're going to get our ladders ready. We're going to scale the wall for Yahweh and Joshua says no we're gonna shut up and march come on somebody we're going to be quiet it's hard when you're circling something and you don't see things changing Josh come help me I'm not quite done but create that atmosphere for me it's hard when you're circling something and you don't see it changing you don't see it moving I'm doing what I know to do God but my miracle is not here I'm doing it Maybe the single person is staying, I'm still single, God. I'm still waiting for my breakthrough, someone else would say. I'm doing all I know to do, but nothing is changing. Don't be fooled by what you see or don't see. Sometimes God, you say to God, I really want to go right. He goes, absolutely fantastic, so take a left. Because when you take a left, you're going to get to the right the way I'm going to get you there. I have charted your course. God has charted your course for victory, for deliverance, for blessings. And it's time we say, I trust you. Your way, God, I'm going to shut up and march. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We give up too easy. We stop circling the promises we're believing for. I paid my tithes for one day. I didn't get no raise. I came to church. Someone told me one time. I came to church two Sundays in a row. It's like, whoa, okay. Okay. And nothing happened. I ain't coming back. Well, you come to church to be a blessing. You come to church to strengthen others. If you get anything out of it, that's great. But worship is not about you. It's about him. And the word goes forth. Sometimes the word may not be exactly for you, but it's amazing to me through 30 years of preaching how some, every word there's somebody just said that changed me. But we give up too easy. We quit circling. We quit, well, I've been in a step program. Now I want to be my recovery brothers and sisters. I've been in a step program for six hours and nothing has changed. Someone say there's a lesson in every lap. Look at your neighbor and say there's a lesson in every lap. His ways are not our ways. The Bible says we are to walk by and not by. So we're not to walk by what we see to gauge what's happening. We are to walk by faith. We're to take those laps by faith. I may be walking around the same problem, but I'm not the same person. The more I circle it. Oh, yeah, I circled despair before. I circled drugs. I circled not being able to eat because my heart was broken. I circled the world's fame. I circled the lust of I, meaning what I wanted, what I wanted, what I wanted. Oh, I circled that all right. So I want to tell you something, enemy. I want to tell you scoffers and doubters and haters, not that any of you have any, but if you did. I want to tell you, I'm getting stronger with every lap. To you, it looks like nothing. But sooner or later, it's going to be shouting time. 
I'm not going to get in the way. So many times in my life, I'll be honest with you. Someone thanked me this week for being so honest. I said, I don't know other way to do it and telling stupid things to myself. I'm not going to tell you details, but I've gotten in the way of God's miracles before. And God says, I want you to trust me. Stop trying to stand on a ladder and get to the top of Jericho and knock it down to the wall. Stop trying to do it in your own way. When you're on an airplane and you're coming in, I remember coming into uh, LaGuardia or JFK. I think it was LaGuardia with Perry and Pammy, and I had some people in the church with me. The plane was packed with people going to Israel. And we started, they said, we're sorry to tell you that we cannot land. We're going to have to circle. And the whole plane goes, because oh. it's nice being a plane, but when they get into a bad circle, I mean, people start throwing up. In fact, Brother Perry looked at me and goes, you got to pray right now. And Pam was throwing up because she had some problems. A lot of my people were throwing up. And he said, you got to pray, Rhonda. Pray that we get this plane down. But here's the deal. Sometimes a pilot says that to you. Because he knows if he lands, I want to land right now. Get me off. i got to get to where I'm going. Got to get to where I'm going. Got to be there. Got to be there. And he says, no, we're going to circle Jericho a little bit more. Because that pilot knows the runway would be a disaster if you landed on it right now. It's not safe. The plane could crash. It could be interfered with another aircraft. Air traffic control is saying you can't land now. It's going to be a disaster. I'm thankful today for air traffic control being the most high God that says don't land the plane right now. Don't give them what they want right now. Keep it circling. I know it's unsteady, but in the right moment, the Lord says, I, the Lord, will make a way because when we're circling a promise, God is changing us on the inside. Somebody give him praise. We circle it. We circle it. It's hard sometimes to circle Jericho. It's just like sometimes if we're not careful, if it's grief, that's one of the most recent things I faced. My eyes will continually be on grief. Yesterday afternoon, Holy Spirit said, watch your mind, girl. Watch your mind. I said, I'm trying, sir. I'm trying. Help me. Because sometimes that's all you can see is Jericho, is your problem. If you're not careful, you'll get to begin to worship it. And all of a sudden, that problem, that unmovable wall will say, bow down and worship me. Be happy when I say you can be happy. Rejoice when I tell you you can rejoice. Stand in faith when I tell you you can stand in faith. And all of a sudden, we began to just worship Jericho in our circling when instead we should circle Jericho reading the word of God. We should circle Jericho speaking what God says. It's time to get our eyes off of Jericho and on to Jesus. It's time to get our eyes off the problem and on the word of God and what it says. Do I have a friend in this house this morning? It's time to focus on what the word says. So I could keep watching Jericho or I could sing a song that oh, we used to sing in the early days. You don't have to follow, Josh. Just I'll drag you with me. <laughs> Thou, O oh Lord, art a shield above me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. I'm going to keep circling. Thou, O oh Lord. Are a shield about me, you're my glory and the lifter of my head. And the chorus goes, Hallelujah, 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 you're the lifter of my head. 
That's where you land when you stop worshiping your problem and you start speaking. And as the enemy or as the gawkers and the mockers look down from Jericho and say, there she is again going down to the altar. Is this for 7,520 million times I made up that number? There she goes again. There he goes again believing for that thing. All you got to say is, you keep watch me circle the promise that's mine. You keep observing what I'm circling because I'm going to tell you I'm not circling by myself. They were carrying the ark of God around Jericho and in the ark was the presence of God. It is not you and you by yourself alone. It is God in you that is circling Jericho and saying these walls will come down. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise in this house. You can stand all over this house. Come on. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. Give him one more praise standing. Hallelujah. I'm not done, so you're just going to have to stand. It'll be good. Focus on the word, not the wall. God said to circle it, so I will. Then he said, do this six days, and then every day go home and rest. Say, go home and rest. I love a God who says, you do what you can do. You just go to sleep, baby. Son of God, you go to sleep. I love it. I want to tell you something this morning. The reason Jericho is so important, there was a treasure inside of Jericho. Not only was God wanting to knock it down, but there was a woman living among bondage who had become a believer. Her name was Rahab. And when the spies went in to spy out, she said, save me when you come to tear down Jericho. She said, we've heard of you. We heard how the Red Sea, 40 years they were still talking. We heard as your enemy. God parted the Red Sea. Then he parted the Jordan. We know your God will do whatever he will do. So we're asking you when you come save me you see there was a treasure in Jericho her name in a doomed city God was saying and said to Rahab take the red scarlet thread and put it through the window and when we destroy Jericho when we come to take Jericho when we see that red scarf it will be symbolic of when they put the blood on the doorpost and we will pass over you Rahab was saved Rahab's children were saved Rahab's parents were saved Rahab's kinsmen were saved you see inside your Jericho is a treasure there's somebody in your Jericho that you're going to bring the word of healing to you're going to bring the word of deliverance to you're going to turn around their family you're going to turn around their generation if you give up it will never happen somebody give Jesus a praise hallelujah hallelujah praise your name Jesus praise your name Jesus Rahab who was in Joshua 4, a prostitute, makes it to Matthew 1 as the great-grandmother of Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, God has someone he wants to graft in. Let me make that plain. Don't want to speak in too big terms. God has someone he wants to bring into the kingdom. God wants to bring them into the kingdom through you. And if you stop circling that Jericho, Rahab began to be everything that God had made her to be. Everyone lift your hand and say, God, give me my Jericho. So listen to me. We don't have long to tarry. You're good. 
Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout. The praise words team will join me. We're going to try. I exalt thee to all gather up here in a moment. You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor a word proceed out of your mouth. But on the seventh day, you'll march seven times. Someone say seven times. In the seventh time, when you blow that trumpet, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So the people shouted. The priest blew their trumpet, and Jericho fell flat. Go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise of that, but let me continue. Let me say to you this morning, your Jericho is not greater than the God you serve. He is higher than the highest. He is greater than the greatest. Hallelujah. He is the God who keeps his promises. He is the God who swears he will give you victory in battle. He is the God who says, keep watching because you're not walking by yourself. You see, every time you circle a promise for a prodigal, you circle a promise for that which is to come. I'm going to tell you, you don't see anything happen, but the ground is loosening underneath you. Every step, the ground is loosening. Every step you make in your prayer time and you say, God, I bring to you this prodigal. I bring to you this miracle. I bring to you this future of Church of the Harvest. Every step you're taking in the supernatural is loosening the ground because God is with you. Again, if God be for you, he's more than the world against you. Somebody give him praise. Every step, you say, is taking me to victory because there's a God sitting on the throne this morning. He loves you. He is faithful. He has a plan for you. If your heart is beating this morning, he has a purpose. He knows your weakness. He knows everything about you. When you need strength, you can lean into him. Whatever you're facing, do not forget the good news. You see, while they're circling, they're thinking, those crazy Israelites. All they were saying is, I'm saving my voice for a time when I need to shout. I'm not going to talk in fear. I'm not going to find people to agree with my dysfunction. I've noticed in church sometimes we just want to find someone who will agree with us in our depression, who will agree with us in our fear. We don't want to go, oh, you know not to come to me and the other elders of this house because we ain't going to agree with you. We'll agree with your pain, but then we'll talk you out of your Jericho. And any godly friend in your life will say, God will keep his promises. Keep making your lap. There's a lesson in every circle. There's a lesson in every lap. You see, I'm not who I used to be because while I'm circling my promise I am changing so when my Jericho falls I will not be a murmurer or complainer but I will be one that says give all the glory to God and to God alone somebody praise him so why on earth hanging with me does this church feed people why do we help the addict why do we help the broken minister why on earth do we teach the children why do we get kids to youth camp why do we worship and give our tithe and attend church why we're just taking another lap around the promises of God. Every time I bring my tithe, I'm just taking a lap. Every time I bring my worship, I'm taking a lap. Until one day when God says shout and we shout. And we say let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Say it again. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Because someday every problem will be solved and the wall will come down. 
Someday God will say it's time to shout. You've circled that promise. You've circled that scripture. You've circled that belief. You've circled it. You've prayed over it. You've gone around and around it. You've worshiped. You said, God, you've given it to me, so I'm going to praise you when shouting day comes. And when that day comes, people will ask you, how did you survive? How did you get the victory? You see, the Bible says Joshua's fame spread throughout the land. All of the enemies knew, don't mess with Joshua because he's going to follow. God and when God says shout he's going to shout and all of our walls will come down don't mess with him I'm going to tell you when God does miracles in your life your fame of Jesus Christ will spread like crazy and you'll run into someone at Walmart you'll run into someone at Target you'll run into someone at the gas station and they'll say I knew you win always say back and I knew you win too and then they'll say how did you get to where you are you will say I just kept circling until God said shout and the victory is mine give him praise I'm done speaking but we're going to have ministry come on give him praise hallelujah as every eye is closed just stand where you are whatever you need from the Lord as the eyes are closed I'm going to tell you in a moment I'm calling everyone down front but I want to say to you I sent some heartbreak in this room this morning some grief some trouble over some situations and the Lord says, trust me, your Jericho is not bigger than me. That relationship that's broken is not bigger than me, says the Lord. That addiction, it may have gone on for 40 years. It does not matter to me, says the Lord. That fear may have gone, that prodigal may have been enslaved for 20 years, but it does not matter to me, says the Lord. I'm going to lower that wall. I need you just to keep circling by faith and believing and let me lower the wall. Hush the doubt, says the Lord, and hush the speaking against what I can do. And say, shh, there's a victory in progress. There's something great coming. If you're listening by podcast or in this room today, you need God to do something wonderful for you, which probably is most of all. He is here for you. He is here for you. Don't let this moment pass you by. What we're going to do in Jesus' name, we're just going to sing the chorus, I exalt you. I just want everyone to come down and stand. I want you just to stand and worship him for a few minutes. Would you come now? Everyone just come. We're going to sing, I exalt.